Namaskaram everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have Diana Akka with us. Namaskar Akka and welcome to the podcast. Namaskaram everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I met Akka in the ashram. Before that we used to chat a lot on Instagram. Then I finally met her at the Lingabhairavi temple. Isn't that right Akka? <laughs> That's how it happened. Yes, I, I will never forget this meeting because I was waiting to meet you. <laughs> and you came so unexpectedly you just jumped from the corner and i i was just like <laughs> do you remember yes i remember I your awkward face <laughs> yeah so akka let's directly go into the session and if you could tell us a bit about yourself or a lot about yourself you know before how your life was and how you came across all this it would be really great like from your school days or college whichever oh. you feel is comfortable whatever it is <laughs> just uh, trying to make it short because it's really a long story we want the long long version it's a podcast so we can go long <laughs> uh, don't want to bore people so i'll be short basically so no I'm... long long i'm insisting long <laughs> long don't make it short originally i come from lithuania it's a really small country and my family is from belarus so i grew up between two cultures and when i was 19 i left my house and i moved to london to big city and i never visited it before so i just basically packed my things and i left and uh, i spent 10 years there in london and i must say that this really made a big impact of who i was because i was so young when i left so this really contributed a lot to my life and it was obviously there were good things and bad things but in the end i must say i led a uh, quite crazy lifestyle <laughs> back then in my early 20s it was nothing like it is right now it was quite self destructive i must admit and uh one year ago i moved to germany to south germany uh, together with my partner and uh, my transformation happened around 3 years ago where i found sadguru and that's when things changed when i decided that i don't want to live in a big city anymore although i had this feeling for quite long time that this city was killing my soul in a way but sometimes we humans don't admit lots of things to ourselves and that was really important step just sit and talk to myself being honest truthful to myself so i decided that my life is a mess I don't like living in a big city. I don't know what I'm doing with my life anymore. Not to mention thoughts everything. It's just one day exploded. So from that time there were many things, many things happened, but that's one day when I just sat and I was talking to myself and I was honest with myself. After that something crazy happened because i started receiving all kinds of information from everywhere because i started paying attention to things uh, like internet uh, before i would never look at somebody's like sadguru's video right i would not even pay attention but after this when i admitted the things to myself things started coming out different people in life videos on youtube like you mentioned and then i started watching some of his videos 
although I must admit that it wasn't just Sadhguru, I was really, I started to be so interested into, you know, all the self-discovery. So I was reading different kinds of books and lots of different people touched me. But I must say that Sadhguru was uh, something that really it contributed to my life like unbelievably, you know, and I was touched by him the most, I must say, compared to others, although others as well, you know, that was a big contribution. So what I wanted to say that it wasn't just like, oh yeah, I watched Sadhguru's video and everything changed. No, that took years of self-discovery. You know, like I said, first step was admitting to myself that I'm not happy. I am not really focused. I'm not balanced person. Things around me are going always not the way I even want. But in general, it was so chaotic. If you knew me longer, you would know what I'm talking about. There was always crazy events in my life. Like, no, I moved my house so often. But like every single year I was moving and some, some kind of chaos was occurring. So that really made me sit down and realize that this was my fault, that I let my emotions and everything just run by itself without me taking any charge of it. So that's how it was. <laughs> so Akka, like, could you talk about like you watched YouTube? Who else did you watch? Like what were the kind of videos? Like you said, some other people also touched you. So could you like yeah. tell a bit about that? Like, then I was thinking, um, I took this course online, which was about uh, marketing. And they were really, it was really special because people there were into self-development a lot. And they had suggestions of certain people that you should follow or books that you should read. I was watching uh, and I was reading book of, uh, from Dr. Vainzaya, for example. I don't know if you're familiar. Or Louise Hay. And uh, Deepak Chopra, even, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know him. And um, even, you know, to the point, like, that I even read Bhagavad Gita. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, maybe people will find it funny, but I really was exploring, you know. So, like I said, it, it didn't just stop with Sadhguru. Also, the book... Um, you know, Paramahansa Yogananda's autobiography of a yogi that was also a big, big impact. Uh, changed my life. Uh, and masters like Lao Tzu, uh, don't know if you are aware of him. And many, many, many things, you know, I, I kind of closed myself completely for at least a year. I just was really like reading books, you know, like on Audible, like listening to books listening to videos and I really stopped going out and uh, that led me to this point that I realized that most people that surround me they're not really my friends you know because nobody really missed me <laughs> so much during that time so that made me understand that I did the right choice and I was just so grateful that I took this path of self-discovery but it was not easy I must say it was Especially the part where, you know, you have to admit to yourself that, okay, I messed up. I messed up my life. Even, you know, I heard this often from my parents. But 
I would just end up trying to prove things, you know, and saying like, you don't understand anything. But yeah, that was the hardest part, like to break that old personality, you know, and I could, I could feel like slowly all these beliefs that I was so attached to, they were kind of leaving my life, but it was difficult, you know, to let that go. It was really hard. But with the help, you know, I think if you're willing as well, if you really want to do it, step by step, like things will come into life and even the people will come and uh, information. Do you agree? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, Akala. So, that's how it works. so I'm going to go a little back. If you feel like not answering, don't answer, Akala. Like, could you tell about, like, you said this in a minute, but I would really love to know, like, why you left your home and what was that 10 years, what were, were happening? A little bit something, you know? I know, I know it sounds crazy for many people thinking about a 19-year-old yeah. leaving the country. So, yeah, you know, I don't talk about this often, but I have nothing to hide, basically. So, uh, at that time, when I was a teenager, you know, and Lithuania was still a very close-minded place. I mean, now it's much better. And I was such a rebel, you know, when I was a teenager. I had loads of piercings. I had blue hair. And that's how I looked all the time. People who know me, they always remember me this way. And I came across lots of violence even, you know, from people. And they couldn't accept the fact that somebody looked different, you know, Maybe it sounds really crazy for people, but that time was really difficult for me because I came across so much negativity and hatred from people around. For example, just, just a simple thing like going outside or going to the shop. When people saw that somebody looks different, you know, at that time, they were throwing stones at me and oh. lots of things happened, you know. It was a time when I... I was attacked with guns. Oh. Like this happened a few times. You know? I know this is something <laughs> I really uh, okay. forgot yeah. because it was so long time ago, but it was really crazy. Like, you know, I would jump a bus and somebody would come and speak to me in an aggressive manner and say like, oh, I'm going to punch you. Oh. So, yes, because, you know, I don't know wh what was in people's heads, but I think because... Um, People there, they're not used to somebody looking differently. In Western Europe, obviously, it's another thing because they have completely different history. With us, our people still have this mindset, you know, because there was communist times and everyone pretty much looked the same, had the same life, like living standards. Even the furniture was the same, like it came to that point. But I understand now when I look back that I really looked different for those times and I and I was just tired I said I really don't want to live in a place where there's so many angry people you know where I cannot express myself of course my uh, priorities changed as I grew older but you know when you're 15 16 you're still like a kid you know and at that time I was really into my music you know lots of metal music like alternative music and all i wanted to do is dye my hair blue or something or cream but 
I came across so much violence from people, you know, and uh, so many of my friends were beaten up. We had the stories every day where we used to meet up in the central place of capital. It was a bit safer. And every day somebody would come, especially guys, and they were saying like, oh, I got attacked or, you know, I have a black eye because somebody punched me on the street. Oh. Only because if you have a piercing, mm -hmm. you know, and not mentioning other things as well, like people were so close-minded back then. and Our economy was not so good. And there was just so much anger in the air, like the whole time. And that was the main reason why I decided to just leave i didn't even rethink it or like i mean think too much how it's gonna be oh my god what i'm gonna do there i literally packed my things and i said i'm going i'm done with so then i left i was 19 when i left but then i turned 20 pretty quick so probably i was in london more when i was 20 years old but still young now when i look back <laughs> still a child <laughs> So, yeah. Did you expect? expect no, I, I, no, I didn't expect that <laughs> with guns. And no, I never expected that. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Especially, I mean, I always say I'm lucky that I can run fast. That really saved me <laughs> to run away from the crazy people. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's why I moved. Yeah, and in <laughs> London, Akka, like, how did you, like, was it better in London? Like, when you moved to London and. No, it wasn't. Okay. Uh, it was really hard because, like I said, I didn't think about this much. I just kind of left, you know, maybe it was quite childish, like kind of, oh, it will be okay. But then I faced other things. Of course, people there are very open-minded, especially in London. There are people from all over the world, you know, literally, it's not like you have English people and a bit of immigrants. It's completely mixed. People are from everywhere. And uh, everyone is really open-minded in London because you're so used to all kinds of people, all kinds of cultures, you know. So that was a good part of London. I felt, you know, free in that sense that I could really express myself. That's when tattooing started, you know. You met me, you saw that I have lots of tattoos. And that's when, you know, I started like, I'm free, I can do what I want. But the difficult part in London was to just live, you know. Uh, it's very extremely expensive place uh, just to afford a living. And uh, you, you have to like, I was sharing the house with other people. And it's very easy to give in into this, destructive lifestyle i must say maybe it's just my experience of course not everybody is like that but for me it was the thing i came across lots of interesting people in my life and lots of artists and crazy people <laughs> if i should call them like this but it was hard not to get influenced towards that freaky lifestyle which i was going into really deeply you know another world okay like uh, i want to ask something like like as a teenager like i used to see this you know videos of uh, tomorrowland festivals and all that and i really felt like going towards them you are someone who has experienced it right like 
you have been sharing on your festivals. instagram yeah yeah music festivals <laughs> and all <laughs> so could you talk a bit about that like what oh is it God. like and uh, what was the experience and why you went for it and how it was <laughs> <laughs> when you said festivals i have like immediately this so many memories flashing through my eyes because i was going every single year to festivals could you name a few could you name a few <laughs> Oh my god like Vakan open air for example it's like the biggest metal festival in the world you know so i went there for many years i went to smaller festivals in in england and france one of them is called bloodstock festival or fall of summer festival uh, they're all heavy metal festivals so yeah i used to go every single year at least to to two three sometimes more four it <laughs> <laughs> was my life you know and uh, crazy like of course now that i remember them i had lots of fun but what kind of fun you know <laughs> it was drunk and fun when you just get drunk and jump from the stage do crazy things and i'm sure you know what i'm talking about if you've seen those videos so yeah yes i was, i have not experienced it that's why i'm asking I've only seen I videos. Like, <laughs> I would come and say, "Okay, I have twelve bruises on my body because I was in the middle of the mosh pit, you know, where people like kind of pushing themselves." Okay. So I, I don't know. I always strive for like this extreme life, if I can call it like this feeling, you know, like this adrenaline. I think that was my thing, like this. adrenaline junkie of course i didn't jump from you know high buildings or anything but i mean just this festival it gave you lots of adrenaline when you are together with so many people in the middle you know you jumping from the stage those were crazy times very self destructive not to mention <laughs> because even i was with crutches one time oh. in my life when i had injury Okay. I went to festivals even with crutches, you know. Oh. Yeah, like crazy so many stories we need like another podcast for that if you want to cover <laughs> those things or like do podcast because you know I never sat still like you know just to sit at home and read something. I was always on it like okay, I'm free so I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to the bar or to the concert and uh, go crazy like completely. So that was really my life. I must admit <laughs> in London that's how I lived. You used to play football something like that I feel like I read in your Instagram something and you got your crutches right? Yes because um always was into sports believe it or not you know even in school I I participated in like uh, athletics and things and football i played since i was little like just outside you know with the boys and then i kind of stopped for many years and when i came to because in lithuania it's not very popular we have like everyone just plays basketball but when i came to england i realized that it's so popular and so many girls are playing and then i found a team that i joined so i was playing football in girls team that was fun as well we did some leagues but uh, i kind of abandoned it once i found yoga <laughs> <laughs> but i did play for quite 
long time to both. That was fun. So, like you said, you found yoga. So, before inner engine, I think you used to do some kind of yoga. So, could you tell like how you found yeah. that and how it was going? So, to be honest, I won't lie. Uh, before that, I, I always saw people, you know, who were going to do yoga, and I even came across people in my life who went to yoga. But I always thought this is so boring, you know. This is so uh, what is this soft things, you know, like. What are they talking about? This is all nonsense. And uh, <laughs> saying me, no, you, it's it's not as easy as you think, you know. And I said, ah, oh, this is easy. Try to play football, you know. I was like, oh my god, this kind of person. So I was never. I knew of it, but I never looked too much into yoga. And basically, the time when I was following Sadhguru's videos and, you know, the way he explained it, it slowly made sense to me. And that was, like you said, way before in engineering. I just found a studio, which was not far from my house. And I just started going there, you know, as, as often as I, as I could when I had time. And I know that many people talk about how yoga in the West, in the West and countries is just some kind of physical exercise. And I agree in a way, but there were many teachers who you could tell they were really dedicated and they were really into it, but you could also see the teachers who really treated it like a physical exercise, like, you know, put your leg up, you know, like, mm -hmm. make it straight, faster. And that felt like, I mean, a football or something, but <laughs> not all teachers were like this. And, and it's funny because I just did it and even though it was just this kind of yoga, you know, local, it did touch me. So many changes occurred in my life just from that, because I feel certain, I'm not sure, I'm not an expert on this, neither am I a yoga teacher, but I could feel like I was more aware, you know, when it came to my body, to my breath, I started standing straight like my mom noticed, like even the way I walked, Lots of things changed. So that was a big change. I'm very happy that I did it. And it helped me to go through, you know, difficult situations in London because it's a really busy place and it can be really stressful. But I noticed that I became calmer. I still wasn't there, you know, but those were the first steps towards my change is just going to yoga. I didn't expect much. I, I just did it. And then things changed just like that by themselves slowly. Yes. So now let's go into the part India. <laughs> now oh, could yeah. you talk like <laughs> just how you reached India and what happened? <laughs> so uh, with India, uh, I think I mentioned before to you that I was in India already around eight nine years ago. Okay. But it was like Maybe... a, more like a travel, you know, just like a oh. trip. And I was like so shocked. I was really young then, like 23 or 22 years old. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I still enjoyed lots of things about India, especially the food, you know. But still I was like, oh, I don't know if I will ever come back. Where did you visit Eka? So even you the there. first time, you mean, when I came? Yeah. 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 I was in Mumbai. Oh, <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, so Mumbai, and then we went to Goa, and we like just had a look at different places in Goa, and then Hampi as well in Karnataka, which was really, really nice. That was something that was, you know, I really liked Hampi, and I, I actually came back again. But this time the trip was really different, you know, because I think throughout this time I. I was reading about things, you know, like I mentioned before, I came across so many books and of course what Sadhguru explains about the culture and all, it slowly started to make sense to me. You know, before I really didn't understand many things, why they do it like this and why is it like that and what is this yoga, you know. But slowly it kind of talking to me, you know, I could feel it. And of course, the, the, main, uh, the main idea was so to do inner engineering. That's why we went to, to India, but also wanted to explore, not just to do inner engineering, but go to the ashram, volunteer, but also travel around a bit because you know I don't get the chance to come to India very often. And it's such a big country and so much to see. So second time when I came, I wanted to revisit the places where I was the first time and to see if I feel any different. And I did feel different, although I didn't go to Mumbai, but to Goa and to Hampi. Like I went there, then Bangalore, as you know, and then did inner engineering there. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? <laughs> uh, I don't know, like... Uh, I didn't really expect much and I decided not to put anything into my head like, oh, it's supposed to be like this or, you know, I should feel this way. I just thought, okay, let's see how it goes. And to be honest with you, because I was already, I won't lie, I really was obsessed with Sadhguru's videos. I think I watched literally everything, you know, what was on the internet. So many things, uh, what they talked, you know, I kind of, knew it already but what was for me the the main thing the highlight of the whole inner engineering program was the initiation you know <clears throat> that was like a bomb that really <laughs> touched me so and Shambhavi Mahamudra obviously this is what made the difference for me personally but I think maybe people who don't dig so deeply into Sadhguru, maybe they would have like a bigger impact. I don't know, because everyone has different experience. But for me, that day of initiation, like something really exploded in me. You know? That was unforgettable. <laughs> and of course, the practice. The practice did such a big impact in my life. Great, Akka. So after that, like, did you go to the ashram? So could you talk a bit about the volunteering experience and how it was? Was it easy or was it hard? I don't know. <laughs> it was a bit strange. I, okay. I, I don't know. I was thinking, oh, you know, everyone is going to be there. Like, I think maybe that was the problem when you expect something and you imagine things. And then when it's not like that, you get disappointed. I can't say that I was disappointed, but I think the problem is that I imagine things that everyone is going to be so friendly and so nice. <laughs> but it wasn't this way. I, I realized that everyone is there for their personal, you know, 
everyone is really into, into their own world. It didn't feel like we are all together in this or something, which is okay. But it was at the beginning, you know, like a bit surreal. Like, oh, my dream came true. I'm here. Like, I can't believe it. And still, when I look back, it's like, was I really there? <laughs> so uh, it was like sometimes difficult, you know, especially uh, volunteering because I still was on my mandala for Shambhavi. Like I had to do it twice a day and, you know, always keeping the time for, okay, I need to have anticipation and I cannot drink buttermilk because I need to do Shambhavi. That was the difficult part, but I mean, it's not something so hard to go through. But when it's new, obviously, it's hard. Now for me, it's easy. I have no problems to commit to practices. But at the beginning, it can be difficult. And I know many people write me as well on Instagram that they struggle like, oh, how can I come to that? I don't have this how to say they, they skip practices and all. So maybe that was a bit difficult. But volunteering was very interesting. It was very different as well. Like Biksha Hall, or you volunteer in the temple. I really enjoyed it, actually, even though sometimes it was hard because you're so busy and you don't get rest. But also I met interesting people as well in the end. It was nice, and uh, you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning, it's a bit strange, you know, you just walk and people doing their practices, like, felt, but, but it was amazing, definitely. I really would love to go back one day. Because I think, you know, with India, like, I was in a different state of my life when I first time came to India. Second time I came, I was a different state of my life. And, you know, ever since I left India, which was now it's been one year, I feel like I'm right now as well a different state of my life. So I think if I will go back now, it would be a bit different experience. That's how I feel. So how has been the practices like away? How, how, how is the sadhana going? Are you able to do it regularly? And I how do it, it regularly, even though... Sometimes, you know, of course, now I don't have a job because <laughs> of coronavirus, as you know, many mm. people lost their jobs. But when I worked, uh, I had to wake up really early and I was really busy because I'm going to school as well. But I still did it. No matter how hungry and tired I was when I came home, I still did Shambhavi. And I never regret it. always felt like, oh, I'm so happy I did it. I don't know, it made me feel so much better, regardless of what happened that day. On, I always felt like I have my, I have my Shambhavi, I have it with me, no matter what. It's, it's been a great support for me. Throughout these changes again, as you know, because I moved the country again. <laughs> so another challenges are coming, but it's crazy because I think I'm not sure whether this is Shambhavi or everything together, but it really helped me. Like even I'm studying so much better. I feel like I can focus so much more than before. So yeah, that's the one of the reasons why I have motivation to do it. It, it became a habit. It's really not difficult to commit 
to that. And other practices, free, free tools that are offered by Sadhguru. Those are as well good ones. <laughs> so, okay, I'm out of questions. So if you want to add something, you can add. Out of questions? So what I wanted to say to people, <laughs> yeah, basically, like I mentioned, I was such a mess. And often people write me now as well, like on Instagram and ask for advice. And what I wanted to say is everything takes time because I noticed that many people are really impatient with these things and think that, you know, if they read in an engineering book, because somebody said something and their life will change in like two days, it doesn't work this way. You know, I just wanted to say that you should be patient with yourself because if you want to go through changes in life and strive to become better human being, it's going to be, it won't happen in a day. So just be patient, slow, reward yourself for little things, you know, don't be too harsh on yourself because, oh, maybe somebody else, you know, is doing this and that and so many practices a day and I'm still just doing that. It doesn't matter because everyone has their own life and individual experience and the best way is just not to compare yourself to anybody and just do it at your own pace because you know we all have different story different life what we went through for some people it might take longer you know for some people it might be completely different so but strive to be better don't be harsh on yourself. <laughs> Don't compare yourself to anybody. Because it does take time. It does take time. I don't know what else to say. So, it, it was nice yeah. <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> so that, thank you very much, Akka, for coming on the podcast. Sorry, like I didn't come the first time I said I would, but finally we could make it happen. <laughs> thank you for getting in touch with me and for all your guidance, you know, especially uh, before I did in engineering, it was very helpful to me because I didn't know anything as you remember. So thank you, you know, a big contribution to that as well. Oh, oh thank you, Aka. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone who listened to, till the end. I hope it wasn't too boring. <laughs> Oh, where can they reach out to you, Akka? Like Instagram? Is there somewhere? Just Instagram because uh, as I left my old life, I deleted my Facebook and okay. I left everything. And Instagram was something new, more or less, when I was in that stage. So I could connect with like-minded people. And please don't hesitate to write me, to ask me questions. And if I can help somehow feel free <laughs> yeah. everyone can you tell your instagram profile spell it out i'll also link it in the description but if you could just yes, mention it love life zone and you will see it's written diana there so that's me <laughs> <laughs> thank you once again for oh. listening okay Akka, thank you namaskaram thank you anna namaskaram yeah, yeah, namaskar. take care Akka. bye
Namaskaram everyone I hope you guys loved the podcast with Dayanaka I am quite sure it touched many of us Please do reach out to her on her Instagram channel at love life zone She would definitely love to hear from you guys it would really mean a lot to her and it would definitely mean a lot to me if you reach out to her and follow her on her Instagram page Also if you can take a minute or two to like this podcast to give it a five star rating or leave a review I would definitely be humbled and very very grateful to you guys So hope you guys have a great day and see you until the next podcast. Namaskaram. Mm-hmm.